Lambeau. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The very first line in John Hollinger's Phoenix Suns preview. Their record tells one thing, the vibes say quite another. And that, like, if you could take one sentence and apply it to how it seems like a lot of people feel about the Phoenix Suns, including probably some people around here, you look at this team, you look at this roster, you look at what they've accomplished, and yeah, their record tells you this should be a really good basketball team, it should be a really good basketball team again, most of the pieces are back, but the vibes say quite another. And Gambo, I don't know, as we welcome everybody back into the 5 o'clock hour of Burns and Gambo live from the Yachin Community Studios, I don't know if I've ever seen the word vibes used more often to describe describe the state of a basketball team, then vibes have been used to describe the Suns. It seems like every other day, bad vibes, bad, oh, I don't know about the vibes. Shaky vibes coming out of Phoenix. It's just like every day, it seems like we've got some mention about the vibes. Yeah, and the, the vibe has been a big deal because the vibe is, you know, the owner having to sell the team. The frustration between DeAndre and Monty. Jay Crowder not wanting to be here, right? I mean, it's a... You know, there's enough vibes, you know, bad vibes. And there are good vibes, right? There are good vibes. There are good vibes, like the Beach Boys sang, right? <laughs> there are good vibes. Mm-hmm. Let's throw in a Beach Boys CD. You'll be good. Um, and then there are, there are the bad vibes. And the bad vibes are the ones that, you know, that's what's knocking a, a lot of people and, and pushing the Phoenix Suns down. So I think we saw something today. So I did, was it Hollinger said they're, they're the fourth best team in the West? That's what Hollinger said. Fourth best. Hollinger's at prediction, 50 and 32, tied for fourth in the Western Conference. Yeah, that was yeah. the prediction. So fourth best in the West. And, you know, listen, that, that's, that's, that's home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. I'm not like you. I mean, I'm not worried about seeding as much anymore after having gone through these last two years. What you're worried about is, is the, the continuity, the team playing well, them figuring out some of their issues with the bench play, um, and then also with Chris's age, can they ha- how do they handle the playoffs once they get there when they've got to play every other day, and you've got to, at that point you'll have a 38-year-old point guard. Those are the things that are going to matter the most. But the vibes, the vibes are there, and it's up to them yeah. to prove everybody wrong that is this, you know, that it's not, not, not uh, that is counting them out because of the bad vibes. Yeah, and, and I don't discount the vibes, but I, I also think we have to put them in their proper perspective. And here's what I mean by that. The Robert Sarver vibes, well, that should be done. Robert Sarver is not going to be around the team. He's selling the team. He's no longer going to be the owner. Uh, th- there seems to be some closure there in that regard. Now, I don't want to be callous and say that makes everything better within the organization, especially for the people who don't work there anymore or the people who do work there and who felt like they were mistreated during the time. I don't want to make it sound like, hey, everything's okay because he's not there. But in terms of moving on, it does seem as if there is an opportunity now to move on from that. DeAndre Ayton, we saw the quotes yesterday, courtesy of Dwayne Rankin from AZ Central, in which he said, yeah, me and Monty talk. We're fine. Everything's good. It's all right. I see picture after picture on social media. He looks happy. I mean, he's, every time I see he's smiling, and I'm sure that's you know the image they want to present of him to make think everything's okay, and maybe that means everything is. But, man, every time I get on Twitter and I see a picture of DeAndre Ayton, he certainly doesn't look like a miserable person who's very unhappy that he's in Phoenix playing basketball. Uh, the Jay Crowder thing, that lingers. And, and that's one 
that's got to get resolved one way or another, and it's got to get resolved quickly. Uh, it's I, I'm in in some ways I'm surprised it's lasted this long, and he's still a member of this organization. And I well I don't want them taking pennies on the dollar for him. At the same time, the regular season gambo it starts in eight days. You've got to have resolution on Jay Crowder before your regular season starts. I just have to. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like unless. Uh, unless they are trying to see if there's a way to to make it work, like the way the Nets did with Durant. I yep. mean, what, what you can't make a trade. He doesn't want to be here. He's only, he's only making ten million a year. Like you, it, it's not a twenty million dollar salary. You can find a trade. There's going to be three or four teams that are interested in him. What's make the trade and be done with it if that's what you're going to do. I mean, I, I'm a little worried on this right now because you know that that a trade. This has been weeks. I mean, this whoever's coming in. Is how many preseason games are left? Just the one. One, just the one tomorrow. That's, That's it. it. So whoever comes in tomorrow will not play. Whoever they trade for, if they if they trade, is not going to play in a preseason game and is going to have very little practice time with the Phoenix Suns before the regular season starts. Yep, that's not good. Yeah, and I and I know I know you're not reporting anything. You're not even speculating anything. You're just kind of asking the question. But I think it's a good question to ask. Maybe the delay. I hope it means they're working on a way for him to stay because I, I do think that by trading him, they're not going to get equal value in return. And, and if, if it were to be announced tomorrow that he and the Suns had agreed on a contract extension that give, gives him a little bump in salary for the next year or two, and he's cool with coming off the bench because now he doesn't have to worry about playing for his next paycheck a year from now, That that's, I mean, then I feel a whole lot better. I feel a whole lot better about the Jay Crowder vibe. I feel a whole lot better about the roster. I feel feel better about the bench because he's coming off of it. They're t- all of it. it. It's just suddenly that's a. I don't know if that's going to happen. I hope that's going to happen. I don't know if it is or not. But but my point is, is that whether it's Sarver or Aiton or Crowder, I think they can get over the vibe thing. I, 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 they just have to get there. They have to start playing basketball so we can see that, you know, Robert Sarver's not hanging over the organization. He shouldn't be. So that we can see that DeAndre Ayton's cool. Everything says that he is. Everything indicates that he's cool. So we see that, you know, whatever they get for Jay or maybe Jay's on the roster, they can move on from that so we can get past this bad vibe thing and just start watching a team play basketball and see how they do because that's, that's the most important part. And, and to Hollinger's point, when he writes his preview about the Suns, he just doesn't talk about vibe. He talks about the bench. He talks about they didn't really do much in the offseason. The wings. The, um, wings. The, the wings are not very good. The three guys they added aren't going to scare the Golden State Warriors. I mean, he, it was a pretty comprehensive, I thought, pretty honest preview of the Suns, to be honest. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are going to take that angle. But look, we can't. We can't argue that they got better, but like there's a reason that we all understand. They went they they were in on Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant wanted to come to the Phoenix Suns. They didn't, you know, they kept all their draft picks. They didn't do anything with they saved everything so they could get try to get Durant. They didn't get him. But that cost you. Like that cost you. You know? Um not to say that at some point you maybe you can't revisit it, but right now you're going to start this season with no Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant had never said, and I'll tell you this, I guarantee you this, if Kevin Durant had never come out and said, I want to play for the Phoenix Suns, and he was happy in, New, in, in Brooklyn and wanted to stay, this roster would look much different right now. I agree. It would look much different. You're, there would be there would be different players on this team right now. They would have done some other things. Yep, I agree. I I, I agree so much that I and I've mentioned this to you before on the air. I wonder in the multiverse 
what that team looks like, right? Like in that other parallel universe where Kevin Durant never wanted to leave the Brooklyn Nets and the Suns. What do the What do the Suns do? Like, it, 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 what What does this roster look like, and how do we feel about this team if Kevin Durant never expressed a desire to come here? I I, I don't know. I'd love to know what that team looks like. I, I have I have no idea, but ultimately. Um, the big question that Hollinger asked in his story and one that we've been talking about over the course of today, have they peaked Were the last two years of the Phoenix Suns the peak? And I believe that if this roster stays perfectly intact the way it is right now and there's some Jake Crowder trade that kind of underwhelms us, I believe they have. I, I, I believe that there's nothing else for them to accomplish other than winning an NBA championship. And I just don't think this roster, the way it's currently built today on October 11th, 2022, is good enough to win a championship in this league. So in that in that metric, I think they have. I think they've peaked, yeah. but we'll see. Yeah, and, and listen, the, the saving grace with that, if there is one, is that there is there is still a trade to be made for Jay Crowder, most likely. There is still a mid-level taxpayer exception that they have available to them, and you know what the roster looks like for the start of the season could change, and you still have that January deadline to where if you know if if DeAndre would would accept the trade, then you could you could trade him in January if he wanted to be out. Like there are still things that could change this roster dramatically between now and when the playoffs start. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Carolina has moved on from their head coach, Matt Rule, and it's prompted speculation around the NFL that the coach might not be the only one. Is there going to be some kind of a sale with the Carolina Panthers, and should the Cardinals get involved in that sale? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons, 2 till 6 on the Arizona Sports app. All right, before we get into our conversation about the Cardinals, there is some news about the Arizona Cardinals. Gambo, earlier you uh, broke the news that Corey Clement, running back formerly of the Eagles, is going to get signed to the Cardinals practice squad. We'll talk about that, but it sounds like you've got some other news when it comes to the Cardinals running back situation as well. What's cooking? Yeah, I'm expecting that that Jonathan Ward is going to end up on IR. Now, he's more of a special teams guy than a running back, but he does provide depth at the running back spot. But I do think with that hamstring injury that it's very likely that he ends up on IR. And that could be why they went out there and they got Corey Clement. Now, it's just pending it, passing it physical, but as I reported earlier, they are going to sign Corey Clement to the practice squad to give them a ditch additional depth. You know, Benjamin's good to go. You've got Keontae Ingram who can play, and James Conner is going to be one of those day-by-day questionable things right now. I, you know, I don't have a good feeling one way or another on James Conner. Good feeling on Eno. We did report that, that Corey Clement is going to be assigned to the practice squad, and but I am expecting Jonathan Ward will end up on IR. Don't mean to put you on the spot. Did you hear anything about Daryl Williams? Because he also left that game with a knee injury as well. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Um, I'll try to find out for you. Okay. Well, yeah, that, he's just he's the one that hasn't been uh, accounted for, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it. Uh, we'll we'll the practice report tomorrow. We'll see. I would imagine a lot of guys aren't. In fact, I think I saw a note that they're really only doing basically a glorified walkthrough tomorrow because they have so many guys that are hurt. So yeah. I'm not sure what we'll find out about that. But but we know. Look, Eno's healthy, healthy-ish anyway. Keontae Ingram's been a healthy scratch for most of the season. Those two guys will be available. Corey Clement can be promoted off of the practice squad. Then we'll just see over the course of the week with James Conner and Daryl Williams. But it sounds like Jonathan Ward is not an option. One other note, and um, our buddy Howard Balzer sent you and I a text, and I, I saw something on Twitter as well. 
it would appear the Arizona Cardinals did not work out a kicker today, um, which is interesting. It's interesting in that, one, maybe that suggests that Matt Prater should be good to go or at least could be good to go this week against Seattle. Or, two, that if they're not, they're going to stick with Matt Amendola. Now, I find that very difficult to believe after what happened on Sunday that they would stick with Matt Amendola. So I, I tend to believe that might be more indicative of Prater's status than anything else. Don't know, but according to the workout report that I'm looking at right now, the tryout report, there was not one kicker tried out by the Cardinals today. Yeah, I was told, you know, yesterday and just, you know, doing my research and stuff and making my calls that, 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 that they feel like they may get Prater back for this Sunday's game. So they're definitely not ruling Prater out at this point. Maybe that changes. But as of yesterday, it was a feeling that it was possible that they would get him back. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking at Aaron Wilson tweeted out the the tryout list. A uh, whole bunch of running backs on the list. There's a wide receiver on there, but not one kicker for the Cardinals. So something to kind of keep an eye on, but that's the news when it comes to Jonathan Ward. Now, yesterday, we had our first coach let go in the NFL, Matt Rule. We mentioned earlier, $40 million he still owed on his contract. He can take his sweet time in figuring out what's next for him. As far as what's next for Carolina, Steve Wilkes is the interim coach, former Cardinals head coach. Obviously didn't end well. He was fired after a year. Uh, the lawsuit and, and things of that nature. But the, the owner there says he'll be given every opportunity to be the permanent head coach, depending on how they do the rest of the season. And then he goes and fires the defensive coordinator and promotes Al Holcomb, or used to be here. But it's prompted, Gambo, this other kind of line of speculation about, is there about to be some kind of a big-time sale with the Carolina Panthers to the point where people have started speculating what Christian McCaffrey's next team might be? Um, and to the extra point where some have speculated that two teams that could get in on that are division rivals of the Arizona Cardinals in the L.A. Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. And if there's some sort of a sale when it comes to McCaffrey that those two NFC West teams could get in on that. Yeah, I mean, that would be, you know, yeah, you would imagine, you know, that those teams would want that type of help. If they're going to trade McCaffrey, it would make sense that they, it would make sense that they, they do that. Now, the Rams and the 49ers would both make a lot of sense. You know, the Rams uh, are a mess right now offensively. He could take some of the pressure off. Great pass target for Matthew Stafford. The 49ers, of course, with their some of the issues that they've had at running back, you know, that could make sense for them, too, which brought up, you know, some people thinking, you know, is he, is he a good fit for the Cardinals? And the answer is just no. I mean, even with all the injuries that the Cardinals have at the running back spot, you don't want to invest those resources and that type of money at running back. After you signed Connor, you've got D. Will, you've got uh, you've got Eno. I would you know I would expect that that's not an area that they're going to go spend money on. I'd love to have Christian McCaffrey here, but it is a matter of resources and how you you spend those resources. Yeah, no. And the story comes from CBS. Sports NFL insider Jonathan Jones, who reports that teams are already, quote, sniffing around, close quote, Carolina to gauge the the availability of young playmakers. And that includes McCaffrey. The other teams that were listed were the Commanders, the Eagles, the Broncos, and of course, the Bills, who are in on everybody these days as they try to load up and see what they could do. I mean, look, I, I like 
McCaffrey, but I, I think there's a reason why teams might be calling for him is he's a running back who makes a lot of money, he gets hurt a lot, and and that might be a player that the Panthers would be willing to part with to get off of that contract yeah. and move on from him. It's prompted all sorts of crazy speculation that there are other players on Carolina that maybe teams should call about. Um, there's been some speculation about Brian Burns. I think that is the pipe dream of all pipe dreams to think huh. of Brian. I mean, it's like I saw, I, I actually, I, I, you, you and I email each other story ideas every day. Yeah. I read a story this morning about how the Cardinals should go after Brian Burns. Now, usually I'm all for throwing stories in, you know, whether I think they're ludicrous or not, I'm just going to send them to you and we can decide whether we want to talk about them. I did not include that story that I sent to you because <laughs> I thought that was beyond ridiculous. Just like this might be, I mean, come on, man. They're going to trade Brian Burns? Get out of here. But that's, a, like, but that's a need, right? Like I can't, I, I mean, I can make an argument that the 49ers could use McCaffrey and that the Rams could use McCaffrey. I really, I mean, I'd love to have McCaffrey, but I, I can't make an argument, honestly, that the, that the Cardinals should go get McCaffrey. But I can, you know, look at Burns and say, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Like, Burns makes oh, a ton of sense. I'm I mean, not, he's a, I'm he, not he's, denying that. Oh, oh, I'm you, 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 that half of the equation. Yeah, sure, he makes a lot of sense. It makes no sense for Carolina to get rid of him. None. You've got no. a, you've got a young pass rusher like that, one of the premium positions in the NFL. And you're going to trade him? No, no, no. Unless you got a, a boatload oh, for him, right? You'd have to get a Jalen Ramsey kind of deal. I mean, you're talking about multiple picks, multiple first-round picks. By the way, Stephen Kwan just hit a solo home oh, run saw that. off of Garrett Cole. It's one nothing Cleveland in game one of the series between the Indy— uh, You almost did it. Between the Guardians and <laughs> the Yankees. Sorry, I knew I knew I was going to slip up at some point, and slip up I did. I, I'm not— So did ESPN do ESPN the other day? Uh, they actually put Indians on the screen. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah, they did. I didn't see that. I didn't. Yeah, that. I didn't like see Sports that. Center or something. They, 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 they said, yeah, they, they, so, yeah, they so, called them the Indians, not the Guardians. I'm not saying the Cardinals shouldn't have interest in Brian Burns or that he wouldn't be a perfect fit. Oh my God, he'd be a perfect fit. I'm calling BS on the idea that the Panthers would trade Brian Burns. It's just like that. They're not doing at 24 years it. old yeah. with his talent. Yeah. It wouldn't make sense. Uh-huh. He would be the guy you'd want to build around, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. But the problem yeah. is everybody's going to speculate. You know what, what they're going to do and do they start over and see the thing that you have to worry about here's what i would worry about if i'm carolina there's one thing i would worry about i mean he's a free agent after next year so if you're going to trade him you would want to trade him while there is still value and a team has him so if for some reason now you could always franchise tag cam right you could do that but he is an unrestricted free agent after next season He's going to make $16 million next year. He's making like $2.5 million this year. If you felt like he doesn't want to be there and that he's going to leave no matter what, that's the one reason why you'd be like, okay, let's we could get more for him now than, you know, than, than, if, than if we wait on it. Yeah. That I, would be it. Like, that, that would be it. Yeah, and even I, – I, I hear you. I just think a player like that at a premium position like that, I'm tagging him. I'm paying him. I got an owner who's got billions and billions of dollars. I, I just, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I just don't see how he ever becomes available. The Arizona Cardinals can win on Sunday if they take advantage of one thing. What is the one thing? We'll tell you next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. 
afternoons, 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports. All right, it's 5.30 here on the Burns and Gambo Show. You just heard Mitch there in the Sports Center update. It has been a busy day, even though the Cardinals didn't practice a lick today. Yeah. Uh, been a busy day for the Cardinals at the running back position. Gambo had the news earlier. Corey Clement, former Eagles running back, signed to the practice squad. Uh, then in the last segment, we were just telling you about Jonathan Ward. Looks like he's headed to the IR with a hamstring injury. Now you got Aaron Wilson of the Pro Football Network, uh, and he's usually pretty reliable in terms of of a, a source of information on Twitter who tweeted out the Cardinals have also signed former Ravens running back Tyson Williams. Uh, I, I looked him up. He has spent a lot of time in the league. One year, no. last year with the, the Ravens, uh, former BYU player. Uh, have you? I know this just happened. Have you had a chance to hear anything about this yet, or is this relatively new? No, relatively new. I'm checking on it now. Okay. That's not, not a name I heard. I know that um, they they were going to sign Clement to the practice squad. It was just pending a physical. Yep. And what I'm telling you is I'm expecting Ward, Jonathan Ward, to go on injured reserve. Um, Eno's good to go. Connor's a maybe. I mean, all I can tell you on Connor, he's a maybe. And I think D. Will's going to take a week or so. They're not I, not not so sure on that one right now. I mean, I don't. I would I would not expect that Daryl Williams is going to be able to go Sunday against Seattle. Um, but I can't rule. You know, I wouldn't rule it out. But I I don't think it looks good right now. Um, Sometimes when things aren't trending very well, you know, like Antoine Wesley last week, I told you, hey, I'm, I'm here and it's not really trending very well for Antoine Wesley. And um, after that injury, the quad injury, and I don't know about D. Will yet, but it would make sense that they've got to shore up that uh, those the practice squad and maybe even the regular roster with a couple of guys based yeah. on where they're at. You could be without you could be without you're going to be without Ward. He's going to go to IR from what I'm hearing. You're probably going to be without D. Will. And you might be without James Conner as well. So you might need more than one guy for the for the practice yeah. squad or the roster. And, and I'm I'm you know, and bringing up this news, I'm I'm not suggesting that it's that it's either or. I, I you know, I your report is there. Corey Clement is coming in. I, well, Palacero about three hours. Tom Palacero um, actually tweeted out a few hours after I did that they had signed. Uh, yeah, him to the practice I, squad. So I'm just looking at Tom Pelissero. I saw the same thing. Yeah, too. I'm I'm bringing it up because I think they had to sign two. They I, probably I, had to sign. I two. think they had to sign a couple, which which then kind of speaks to. I, I hate to say the word dire, but how you know troubling the situation might be at the running back position because I I you know we'll find out tomorrow when we see who does and who doesn't practice. But but I got to imagine that in addition to the Ward injury, th- this is probably insurance in case that there's somebody else among that running back group who can't go between James Conner and Daryl Williams if they're going to bring two in. So I, I'm ex- All right, forget a trade for Christian McCaffrey. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Yeah, but it, but it does, you know, now you're down to Eno and Keontae Ingram and, and Ingram, and if you're signing two running backs, you're you're shoring up a position that I'm sure you are very concerned about moving forward. So we'll, we'll, we'll get more clarity. We'll see what happens, but that's the latest report. The Cardinals have signed another running back in addition to your report that they had signed Corey Clement uh, after a tryout. And I think Tyson Williams was with the Colts, wasn't he? No, I've only got him with the Ravens. I've, I've okay. only got him with the Ravens. I think what I was going to say was I think he's one of the guys they had in for a workout today earlier, too. I think. I mean, look. Yeah. Uh, I yes. thought he signed. 
Yes, okay, he, he, he was it. he was one of the the running backs. In addition to Corey Clement, he was one of the running backs that that had a tryout today with the Cardinals. I just looked it up. So yeah. okay, I he might have All been. Right. I don't know. I just googled him. Well, it could be could be special teams too. I mean, because they got with Ward out, you're yep. losing one of your key special teams guys. Yeah, yeah. You you could be absolutely right. Because anyway. I'm expecting, like I said, I'm not announced yet, but I'm expecting Ward goes on the injured reserve. All right, the Seattle game, and we're gonna have our our traditional pre-Seattle conversation with Brock Heward on Thursday. We're going to talk with Michael Sean Dugar from The Athletic tomorrow. He's always a good conversation about Seattle football. What a weird game. What a weird team the Seattle Seahawks are right now. Defensively, trash. I mean, just can't stop anybody. Everybody has big days against them. Even teams who are missing their their wide receivers and their running backs and their quarterback doesn't seem to matter. They just score points on that CL defense. And on the other side of the equation, Geno Smith, who was thought to be like, hey, we're tanking so we can get a quarterback in next year's draft, so we're going to start Geno Smith this year. Right. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's it's good luck trying to figure out Seattle going into this game because they're impossible to figure out. No, I mean, I, I'm, we're all shocked by Geno Smith. I mean, this is incredible what he's been able to do. I mean, just his numbers, I know you sent some out earlier, but he's like, he he's right up there amongst the NFL leaders in a lot of categories. He's 12th in yards per game. He's 3rd in yards per pass attempt. He's fourth in QBR. He's first in completion percentage. He's seventh in touchdown passes, and he's only thrown two picks. Where did this come from? Yeah. Like, Does he not remember that he's Geno Smith? The Who guy's been you? on like four teams? Who are you and what have you done with Geno Smith? Yeah, did you make a deal with somebody to like you know? Hey, listen, just give me one great year of being a quarterback, and I'll I'll cut ten years off my life. I don't know what he did, but I mean, I don't know who this guy is. It's an imposter, but he's played great to his credit. To Richard Sherman is saying that he should be the guy going forward. They don't need to draft anybody. We'll see about that. We're five games in. I mean, you can't anoint Geno Smith as the 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 guy in in Seattle. Plus, he's also like thirty two years old, so it's like he gets to play for a number of years, but he's not a younger quarterback that you may look at and say this guy. As my franchise guy, I'd be surprised if it ends up that way because you know he's been in this league for a long time and he's never done anything. This would be just totally out of the norm if this happened. Over the last three games, all right, just look at the last three weeks. Seattle practice is- squad for uh, practice squad for uh, Tyshawn. Okay, so okay, so there you go. So so Tyson Williams practice squad. You're confirming that he has been added to the Cardinals roster. Okay, so there you go. Two running backs added. Glad you were able to do that. Two running backs added by the Arizona Cardinals today. Corey Clement and. Tyson Williams both got added after both having tryouts earlier today. Um, Over the last three games, back to the Seattle conversation, over the last three games, Seattle has averaged 457 yards per game. Wow, that's incredible. 34 points per game. And during that stretch... Geno Smith is 71 and 99 for 913 yards, seven touchdowns with just one pick. He's also ran 12 times for 61 yards and a score during those three games. He, he's been, he's been good. In fact, Mike Sando this morning on with Bickley and Murata kind of talked about how the Seahawks, they didn't even think he was going to be this good at first. But on offense, Geno Smith's been amazing. Like, I, <laughs> you guys probably aren't watching every game all the way through. It's not a mirage. Right. This guy's on point. The offense has, Expanded the first two games, they went real conservative. Like they didn't know this was going to happen. They were <laughs> they were taking the ball out of Gino's hands and like just don't lose the game, right. don't lose the game, Gino. Oh my gosh! I think they really thought Drew Locke was going to be the starter at the end of the year. <laughs> okay, after two games, they're like, geez, we got to let Gino cook. 
let Gino cook. <laughs> Can't get over that. But then the flip side of the coin, defensively, Seahawks have only eight sacks this season. They're last in yards allowed. Did Oh, who just hit it? I, did, I just looked up. Who hit it? I heard you clapping. Harrison oh, Bader. Uh, Harrison Bader just homered for the Yankees. Okay. Sorry. I heard you clapping back there. So. <laughs> Gambo, Gambo's working from home today. I heard you clapping, so I immediately looked uh, up, but I couldn't tell who that was running around the base. Yeah, Bader. I figured, I figured the Yankees got on the board somehow because you're clapping back there. Um, yeah, Harrison Bader just tied it up after uh, off of Quantrill. So it's a 1-1 game right now between the, uh, the Guardians and the New York Yankees. Seahawks, eight sacks this season, last in yards allowed, last in rushing yards allowed. They signed Bruce Irvin, yes, that Bruce Irvin, to their practice squad today because they're trying to get some kind of pass rush. Their defense has been off. This is this is the week for Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury to figure it out. If you don't figure it out against this defense, you might not ever figure it out. And I said that earlier, and I totally, like, right? If you can't if you can't put up a 30-something spot on this team, then you're not, like, you may not do it. Like, there has never been a game to get healthier than this team. This team is breaking records for some of the garbage defense that they've had. I mean, they, the last time a team gave up this many points in two games, you're going to go back to 1983, Bernsey. 83, I think that's the year I saw Blue Oyster Colton Fog hat at the Nassau Coliseum. <laughs> you know? I mean, seriously. I mean, that's how long ago that was. I mean, it's just crazy to think, like, if you can't get right against them, yeah. I'd be real. If we come in here Monday and a Cardinals score 20 points, I'm going to be like, I, I'm going to throw my hands up. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I mean, I really don't know what to do. This defense is atrocious. Everybody is scoring on them. Everybody's putting up points on them. If you can't do it, and I'll give you the stat here. Seattle has allowed a combined 84 points in their last two games. That's their most in a two-game span since 1983, the year of the Blois to call Fogcat concert. <laughs> I noticed you commented on my on my Facebook post oh, no, where no, I said no. my that, wife. That was the funniest line ever. That was the, yeah. the that was you, you tell it because you went to go see Blue Oyster Cult again I, on Saturday night. You I tell did. the your wife's line was so funny. Go ahead. So please. the 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 main guys for Blue Oyster Cult, one guy's 78, the other guy's 75, and they obviously sing a, a song very near and dear to the show. Don't fear the Reaper, which we play all the time. Like it's a, it's a staple of the Burns and Gambo show. I've seen him since I was a kid, and I do like the band. It's a you know a rock and roll band. Um, so we're sitting in there, and you know Chelsea. I mean Chelsea's thirty four years old. Okay, like so we're at this concert, and everybody you know like everybody there is very very old. So she goes, "This looks like God's waiting room." <laughs> so I'm like, "Oh my god." Oh, my goodness. God's yeah. waiting room. God's waiting room. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's great. Because, like, That's there was great. a lot of, like, you oh, know, I'm like 80-year-old sure. people guys there. there. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. There's a lot of people. They were... I mean, there were, you know, there were a lot of like 70 to 80 year olds. Yeah. Just that the thing. So my wife said, it's, this is like, like, this is like being in God's waiting room. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the Diamondbacks have a lot of guys facing arbitration, guys who may or may not be back. Who should they prioritize that? And we'll update the first day of the divisional round of Major League Baseball's playoffs next on the Burns and Gambo show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo. What's on Tonight. All right, baseball postseason on tonight, and I'll just use this opportunity. We can get everybody caught up on what's going on in the baseball postseason so far today. Right now, uh, the Yankees 
and the Guardians are tied 1-1. And we're in the top of the fourth. The Guardians got on board with a Stephen Kwan solo home run off of Garrett Cole. And then the Yankees just answered a moment ago with Harrison Bader's solo shot off of Cal Quantrill. Let's go. So it's a 1-1 game between the Guardians and the Yankees. Best of five American League Divisional Series. And then later tonight... It's game one between the San Diego Padres and the LA Dodgers. You talk about let's go. I, I I'm really I'm really looking forward to this series and not just because they're two division rivals I, of the of the Diamondbacks. I'm really looking forward to this one. I know. I, I, I actually like the Padres a little bit and I hate the Dodgers, so this one's real easy uh to get into. But listen, the, the, I love the baseball playoffs. I mean me and you we're you know, we're baseball guys. We love the baseball playoffs, so uh, this this is this is just this is money, man. Just sitting here and watching these games. It's My awesome. wife's got her she's got her Giancarlo Stanton jersey on right now. It's so awesome. We're ready. It's fun. It's it's a lot, and I I like the Padres just because they have not shied away from contact with the Dodgers, and by that I mean they have not been afraid to spend with them. They have not been afraid to go after them. They have not been afraid to challenge them. They have taken the challenge of being in the same division as the Dodgers, and they and they said, okay, let's let's spend and let's see what we can do. Julio Arias and Mike Clevenger, the matchup coming up in that one tonight. Earlier today. Uh, the first game of the day, Philadelphia beat Atlanta 7-6. Philly got off to a real quick, real big 7-1 lead and then had to hang on for dear life. Matt Olson hit a three-run homer in the bottom of the ninth to make it a one-run game, but Philly holds on and they win 7-6. The real thrill ride today, though, was the Houston Astros rallying back to beat the Seattle Mariners 8-7. They, were, they scored two in the eighth, Three in the ninth, so they were down seven to two going crushing, in the bottom crushing of the eighth. Loss. Crushing, crushing, loss. and the big blow came off the bat of Jordan Alvarez, who hit a game-winning walk-off three-run shot off of Robbie Ray, I believe on the second or third pitch that Robbie Ray had thrown in the game in relief. Alvarez crushed that ball, 117 yeah. miles per hour off the bat. Uh, thriller for, for, for a thriller for the Astros, a crushing defeat for the Mariners. They had that game won. It's one of the greatest playoff comebacks that the Astros have ever had. They rallied from five runs down in the final two innings. They were down five runs in the final two innings, and they walk it off, three-run homer with two outs. They go to Robbie Ray to get that final out, wasn't able to get it. It's always a risk, right, when you take a starting pitcher and you say, hey, you know what, just come in here and get one out in the ninth inning. Not so easy to do. He throws it right down the middle. Alvarez, crushing blow. I think that thing's still in the air, man. That was was one of the hardest hit balls, I think, all year long. And then, of course, also on tonight, I just want to mention this because it is opening night around the National Hockey League. Two games to open up the 2022-23 season tonight. The Lightning at the Rangers. Rangers are up one nothing, And then later tonight, the Golden Knights taking on the Kings. So two hockey games. Of course, Coyotes in action on Phil Kessel Thursday. And their home opener is still like 17 days away. They're going to 17 open months away. <laughs> the home opener. 17, we'll have it in 17 months. Days away for their opener is when that. Diamondbacks, we had Troy Lavello on for the last time today. It was interesting hearing him talk about Ketel Marte and Madison Bumgarner and what needs to happen this offseason. Uh, Major League Baseball trade rumors 
came out with their projections for salary arbitration this winter, projecting yeah. how much money guys are going to make. They got Carson Kelly at about four million. They got Christian Walker at about seven. Yes. Reyes Maranta at two. Jordan Luplo at two. Zach Gallen at four and a half. Josh Rojas at two and a half, and Dalton Varsho at about three million dollars yeah. this offseason. And, and I think that you know Walker, you've got him for two more years arbitration eligible. I think the key out of all of those guys is to get a deal done with Zach Allen. Amen. I know he's got several years left, nope. but I think if you could get a deal done that would benefit him and benefit the team, I think you'll look to do it. Now, you know he'll probably take a little bit of a of a discount to do it. But for him to lock in, I mean, he made $600,000 this year, Zach Callen. And the Diamondbacks still have control of him for the next few years. This is the, this is the first year that he's arbitration eligible. He's also arbitration eligible next year. And then the year after that, he's not a free agent of 2026. So, for him, if you could buy out a couple of those arbitration years, and for the Diamondbacks, if you could buy out a couple of free agent years, you could really make a deal work for both sides. Yeah. Spencer Strider is one of Atlanta's pitchers. They locked him up to a six-year, $75 million deal. He's 23 years old. He wasn't even arbitration eligible until 2025. He's only started 20 games. You got to do it with Zach Allen. You just buy up those years, get him under contract, don't worry about it. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow. Straight up two o'clock right here on the Burns and Gambo show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Give me the guy.